you know what? I don't think we can do the greatest things until we take small steps. And so that may be doing something as simple as coming to a movie like this with a friend that's lost or a friend that's struggling, or that may be just getting involved in your church. I think we have to take those small steps before we can take those giant leaps. Welcome to Eternal Leadership, a show dedicated to equipping and inspiring leaders to accomplish what God has created in them. I'm Steve Ryder, and that was today's guest, producer Michael Scott. Now, I'm confident that most of you are familiar with Michael's largest grossing film, God's Not Dead, but he's got a new film out in theaters right now called Do You Believe? My co-host John Ramstead and his wife and their three boys saw it in theaters when it first came out, and both John and Donna posted to Facebook that they thought it was the best movie they've seen in years. John had a chance to chat with Michael recently, and here's their conversation on this edition of Eternal Leadership. Today on the Eternal Leadership Podcast, we have Michael Scott. Many of you are probably familiar with a film that's been out there called God's Not Dead. And I met uh, Michael's partner, Russell, at the premiere at the Pinnacle Forum National Conference that was last year down in Scottsdale. But Michael just has this incredible background from studying theology and studying art and film. And 10 years ago, he just had an idea that he wanted to just transform the human spirit by bringing values-based entertainment out into our culture and having an impact with his life and a significance through through where his passions were and follow God's calling. And Michael, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today, so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, John. Well, Michael, as we get started, I'd love for you to just share a little bit about yourself and your background so the uh, audience can get to know you here before we dive into some of the questions I have. Absolutely. Um, I, originally, I, my passions were photography. Um, I went to school at the Colorado Institute of Art in Colorado, your neck of the woods, actually. Sure. And, um, got out of there. We also did some classes at the University of Colorado. But at the same time, I was kind of pursuing art and photography and video. Um, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. Uh, for years, and then he went on to uh, run a Bible school and everything like that. And so there was always the faith side of things um, that, as a Christian, I, I always followed God, was there. And I really had this desire long-term to match my faith with the art side of things in film. And so um, after I finished school uh, at the Colorado Institute of Art and did uh, some classes at the University of Colorado, uh, I continued on uh, while I was working and got a degree in theology as well from my dad's Bible school. But all of those things kept percolating, and um, I got into the side of doing um, photography. Um, I used to did stuff for Sports Illustrated, Smart Money, uh, and then I moved to L.A. and I got involved in the commercial business and started producing commercials and did a lot of great campaigns from the um, – Yokiero Taco Bell campaigns to uh, national spots for Lexus, Toyota, Mercedes. I did a lot of car stuff and everything. But all during that time, it was always this passion of how do we bring these two together. And that really took place in, t- in, in 1999 is where it really started to take shape. My brother um, was going to be a stockbroker, and God radically got a hold of him, and he felt that he should really go to the mission field and preach the gospel um, you know, to the unreached people. And so he went out there with a great, fr- good friend of mine. And uh, they went out and shared the gospel, went to like 20 countries in a year, preached all over. It was an incredible experience, came back and said, 
we really want to film our experiences and bring them to a broader base. So they went out and filmed everything they did. And I started looking at those and I said, this would make an incredible TV series. And from that, that birthed the ministry and a show that maybe some of you guys are familiar with called uh, Travel the Road, which follows two missionaries through a hundred countries around the world in the most dangerous places in the world. It became a hit Christian television series. It was in all the Christian stations. It still is today. And, um, and became like the number one show. And it just really showed me the impact that if you bring these two together, uh, that our, our faith as Christians and, and the media and the entertainment side together, the impact we end, the impact we saw from that was uh, millions of people saw the show, but more importantly, tens of thousands of people went into the mission field and, and took up missions as a passion for them. And so that kept me leaving in 2005. It kind of fast forward a few years from there. I felt it was time to leave the commercial business, and that's when I um, partnered and we formed Pure Flix Entertainment uh, with David White, uh, my partner of mine, and Russell Wolf. We all formed it and said, we really want to take what we've learned in all these different areas in on the secular side and apply it here to, to basically create and produce and distribute um, Christian films that ultimately have an impact worldwide. And that's where it kind of all started. Uh, to get us to the kind of the point in 2005 of the company launching. Now, I can imagine that that period leading up to 2005, this is quite an entrepreneurial undertaking. What, what are some of the challenges you had, both blending, you know, your faith with uh, this medium that you wanted to get into with films and, you know, starting and running a, a brand new company? Well, I, I, I'd say the biggest challenge was actually making the product since we had such a uh, Russell, David, and I had a background in in doing and producing movies and commercials and different things from before, the actual making of the product was not as difficult as I thought. There's still a lot of moving components. There's all sorts of issues that you encounter, whether it be actors, directors, or financing, and all those things. But the the one thing that we learned was you can make a great movie, but you got to distribute it. Otherwise, it's just a home video that your family watches, and so. We really learned a lot through the journey of our first couple of films that, you know, equally making the movies one part, but equally the other half of it is getting it out there. And uh, that's where we partnered up with some uh, companies out there. It didn't go well out of the gate. We had a, we had our roller coaster ride. Uh, one of the companies we went with uh, went bankrupt when, when they tried to distribute it. So we lost a lot of money there. And it really it kind of came clear to us that we really needed to be doing both sides of this business, producing the movies and distributing the business. And really what we wanted to become was an outlet for filmmakers around the world that they could have a trusted partner to know that their films are going to get out there, especially in this faith and family genre. And so that's when we really started doing it. We produced a couple movies after that and started doing four a year, five a year, six a year, and then acquiring uh, six, seven, eight movies a year until back in 2012 and 13, I think we were putting 24 movies into the marketplace a year. We've scaled back a little bit from that in the, the recent years, but now we're also doing a lot bigger movies in terms of the theatrical releases. You know, you, you and I talked before we just started this about you know, the dreams and goals and the things that God just puts on your heart and as you pursue that and, and the, you know, the roller coaster ride, the ups and downs through that. Could you, that was really interesting to me. Could you talk more about that as part of your journey, Michael? Yeah, I think God gives you a plan, you know, and he, 
whatever the direction is for a person in their life, I, I think it's a misnomer that you're going to just jump on that plan and everything's going to be smooth sailing and, you know, you're going to sail off and everything's going to go through. You know, even though we had a vision from the Lord, we had our ups and downs and we had our great challenges where there were years we didn't get paid in the company where we, we had to make great sacrifices. You made, we made some decisions, you know, that could have been better, you know, going with other partners or whatever it might have been. But I think through those things, you learn so much. You know, you, you learn a lot from your, your failures. Uh, you also learn from successes, but I think you learn a lot more from failures. So it allowed us to really also rely on God more, put God first and really make that a thing. And, and, and as we did that, we were able to build upon those. Our failures allowed us to make the successes better and better and better. And so I think just because you're in a business and you may be going through a tough time, it may be a season. But I think if you can see yourself through that season, you will come out of it better, equipped, uh, you'll probably come out closer to God if you're, re- if you're really relying on God through it. And, and I think that ultimately it will crystallize more clearly the vision and the plan and the steps to take that God's given you. Well, I, could you share maybe a point during that journey from 2005 to today that was just a real low point? You just really had to either reach into your you know, people around you or your faith to just just to keep moving forward? Yeah, I would say probably back to late, mid-2008 through probably the beginning of 2010 was probably the biggest struggle. Um, Those were years that we were in the formation of this company, both from a distribution entity and a production, you know, producing movies. And those are the years where there was no money to pay the bills. Uh, There was no money to pay salaries. Um, I mean, just to give you an idea... I think in one year I made $6,000. So uh, $6,000, let me tell you, it doesn't go very far. Uh, and especially this was during the downturn during the economy and everything. So you couple all that together. It was some rough years. But it was really – that really taught us a lot of things business-wise that we weren't doing correctly. But even more importantly, it really made us emphasize – and put the onus on, and we really had to give a lot of things over to God and really to really say, God, if this is your dream, if this is your vision that you've given us, this is what will tell us where we need to go, what we need to do. And through that, we really, I felt like God put the right steps in place for us, for us to come out of that. And I believe had we have not gone through that season, I, maybe not that we wouldn't have been successful, but I don't think it would have allowed us for this to set us up for the successes later on. I think it would have been a much slower climb out of that. And so those sort of things, I think just putting God first in this really allowed us to say, what products do you want us, God, to do? What things partner should we take on? And then, you know, also coupling that with common sense and good business practices allowed us to, you know, continue on and make it through that. And I feel like we're the better off for it because we also understand those pitfalls later on to avoid them as you're more, as you become more successful. You know, in that leadership role that you were in, what, what are some of the things that you had to change? You know, I think one of the things I learned is don't sit. Uh, you know, we were always looking for that bigger deal, that thing of this is what's going to make us successful. You know, if we can partner with this studio or this person, or if we just get this movie. And I, I felt like what we were doing is we were, we were, 
we were bigger than our britches. And we were always trying to get something bigger, but not taking the steps really to get there. And so what I felt like that really made us look and say, okay, well, when the money's all gone and everything's not there, you, all of a sudden you're like, I got to take some immediate steps to get to here, not wait for this big thing out here to happen or, or this one movie to become hugely successful. It's like I got to really apply and, and build do tangible steps that I can take to be able to climb out of this. And so those sort of things really, I believe, set us up now, like I said earlier, for those successes because we knew those small steps to take to get to set up for a bigger success. Well, you know, that makes me think of, uh, you know, as you're moving toward, you know, that, uh, I guess, maturity in, in how you're looking at the business, uh, but then leaning more toward God. What are some of the things that you you had to let go of your own understanding, and how did you bring God more into what you were doing? You just got to get out of the way sometimes. <laughs> That's the hard part, isn't it? That's the hard part. I think, you know, you're, I mean, obviously we're creating faith-based films, and, and that's the core of our business. But sometimes I think we feel like we know how to do it. I've been in this business a long time, whether it's commercials or other things, and, and you, you just think that you're, you know, I know what to do or what or how to do it. And, and I think sometimes it's, it's listening to the key people around you that can provide wisdom and insight relying on God most importantly to make sure, is this the steps really that, that God wants us to take in this, in this journey? Or is this really just us putting forth our own agenda that we think is the best way to do it? And I think sometimes you got to get out of, the, out of the way before you can have, have success. And so that would, that's what I guess I would say to that question. Well, that's a great answer. And, you know, I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, maybe focus on some things that I got out of God's Not Dead. But, you know, I'm just thinking about, you know, the creative process, you know, where it starts. Does it start with, uh, you know, just a story that you want to tell or like the core message that you communicate and then you build a story around that? I'm just, just curious about your process because God's Not Dead was so effective in just highlighting um, – so many different areas that we'll kind of get into next, but love your thoughts on that. You know, I, I think God's not dead. I've, I've heard a lot of people, well, uh, you got lucky on this one and everything like that. And obviously the success and everything, God's hand was in it all the way through. But that really was well, what I would say is really came together through a lot of ups and downs from successes and failure. Before that point, I think we had released some 60 movies into the marketplace. So we were really able to look at what worked, what didn't work, you know, pray about it, everything like that, to be able to put all these pieces together that we felt would be successful. And, and one of the key things that we learned is uh, with movies like this, in Hollywood, it's all about story. Story, story, story. You've got to have a great story, story, story. Well, in making faith-based films, I don't totally agree with that method for these types of films. I believe that these films start with message first. What is the message that needs that you're trying to to put out there? What it, what is that? Whether it's apologetics, like in God's Not Dead, in our new movie, we're talking about the cross. Whatever it might be, is is setting up those those pieces to say this is the message we want to tell, and these are the key points we want to tell about whatever the subject matter is, and then working with the writers to say how do we creatively wrap a story around this message to deliver the message in an entertaining fashion. And when those two work together really seamlessly, when you have a great message 
that combines and the story works around it organically, that's when I believe that you really start to see the type of successes like God's Not Dead and other films that have been out in this marketplace. Well, you know, when I went to go see the film, I thought this was just based on, you know, one case study. So I watched the film and I could just really relate to the, the student in the film, Josh, and his just being uncomfortable in this environment. But when the credits rolled at the end and I just saw hundreds and hundreds of case studies about universities and students, I was shocked. I really was. Culturally, what are you finding with the impact that the films are having? And how can other people get involved in changing the culture right now, which is a bit adversarial to to Christians today? Well, I, I think we, we partnered up with ADF on this as well, the Alliance Defending Freedom. And they do a lot of the big cases, you know, the Hobby Lobby case that was argued before the Supreme Court. They take on these, all the ones that you saw at the end of God's Not Dead, that credit score is all cases that they have lawyers that defend defend them to keep our religious freedoms and rights uh, intact. And so um, one of the things we really saw, there's an assault. There's a full-on assault on those freedoms uh, in our society. And we felt that with God's Not Dead, we really needed to be a voice uh, into that uh, into that. And, and I think God's not dead is, it's the, is God's not dead going to teach you to be the greatest apologetic person on the planet? No. But what, what I believe God's not dead did is there's some key arguments in there that certainly can start those conversations to dive deeper. And, and my hope is with God's not dead, if you're a non-Christian, it sparks something in you to say, there's something here. There is a God, and I got to know more about him, or I got to see more evidence on this. As a, as a believer, um, I believe that um, it, it really starts to say, I need to learn more about my faith. What, what does this mean? How do I defend my faith properly so that I can effectively communicate that to somebody? And so these are the kind of the tips, and I believe that these kind of filter down into other resources that we provide whether it be the books uh, Rice Brooks wrote for us, the God's Not Dead book, uh, the studies, the guides, but also key ministries that are involved in this fight to be able to educate um, us as believers on how to defend our faith properly is so important. And so every movie that we're trying to do, especially in the theatrical side, we want to have components where if they really enjoy what they saw and, are, and their interests are sparked, now how do we filter them down to get them involved or to learn more on whatever it is that's that's happening in that movie. Well, you know, it's interesting, Michael. My my son is a senior in high school. He's about to go to college, and uh, we watched the movie together, and we watched it with friends. And he asked me, Dad, you know, when I'm there and I'm not around you and our church, how do I really stand up for my faith? How do I really equip myself and not give in to the, the God of popularity, so to speak? And... I think there's so many people that struggle with that, not only just students, but just adults in the marketplace, in the workplace. The This moral relativism has creeped in, and I'm going to be quiet about my faith. It's important to me, but I don't want to you know, hurt your feelings or, or, or really I don't feel like sharing. What, 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 what do you tell people that are stuck in that situation? I think us as Christians, I think that there's so many of us, we love God, but I think there's, a, there's a, an ec- epidemic in this country and maybe worldwide that do we really know what we believe and why we believe it? And if we're challenged with a difficult question, can we really answer it? And I, I believe that this movie is the tip of that iceberg to maybe answer a few questions, but 
we really as Christians need to learn about our faith. Where does it come from? How did it start? What is it? How did we defend it when we're asked difficult questions about God or Jesus? And and I think that it's so important us as Christians that we learn that there are so many great books. And I mean, you go to any Christian bookstore or library, you can find great books on apologetics from the Lee Strobel books of this world, Case for Christ, to the God's Not Dead book that was written by Rice Brooks, to hundreds of others. So it's all there. I just think we we need to, as Christians, take the time to to study about that, dive into the Bible, read some of these great authors that have wrote books in defending the faith to be able to effectively share a faith. Now, I, that, is a, that is a great answer, and, and Lee Strobel's books have been really helpful, and uh, we've been reading those. Now, you have a, a film coming out this spring called Do You Believe? Can you tell us a little about that, the message that's in that, that movie, the story that's, that's wrapped around that message? Yeah, I'll, I'll just give a quick little backstory on this. Um, I'll never forget, I was in Brazil, and uh, we were shooting uh, for a smaller film we did, a little scene down in Brazil, actually. And I was praying, you know, God, what, what's the next big movie you would have us do for a theatrical release? And what's that subject matter? And I'll never forget, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I just kept hearing the message of the cross, the message of the cross. And, and so I really took that and I, and I really started looking at it and says, you know, a lot of us, we wear a cross, we see a cross, um, you know, you see them everywhere, hanging on people's walls or whatever. Christians and, and even non-Christians have them. But what does it really mean? What does that mean to us? Do we really believe? And the, 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 the name of the movie is Do You Believe? And, and so this message, from the message standpoint, addresses the message of the cross. Why the cross? What does the cross represent? And, and, and what Jesus did for us on it, what we should can do as Christians um, with that message. And so I really hope, I believe that in this movie, there are, there is a storyline for everybody in this movie. It's about 12 lives that are intersected by this pastor who gives a message on the cross and how these lives intersect. And it is an incredible journey. There's, there's in each one of these storylines, there's probably there's there's something for someone that they'll relate to and see how the cross impacts these lives greatly and the results of that impact. And I believe that for Christians, this is going to motivate them. There's a line in the movie that I'll never forget. You know, that I'm, I'm probably going to misquote it a little bit here, but I'm going to. It, it says in there. He says, "The cross brought us to brought me to my knees." but it should bring us to our feet as well. And it's so important that I think we go to our knees and we ask for forgiveness, but what are we going to do about that message? How are we going to take that out into the world? What can we do? So I think there'll be some real challenging things in here for Christians and for non-believers. They're going to clearly hear the gospel and they're also going to see that gospel in action. And so I believe that for both sides of the aisle, this is an incredible movie for them to get involved and to see it. And I encourage everybody that's listening to this podcast to bring a friend. It comes out March 20th. The name of the movie is Do You Believe? If you want to get more information on it, you can visit the website for the movie, doyoubelieve.com. Now, how did, how did you determine that, you know, the 12 lives, because I'm sure this is going to weave the story for people that have very strong faith and people that just don't believe whatsoever. How, how did you pull those in to, to weave those together? It sounds very complex. It is. That was probably the greatest challenge with this movie was how do you weave them together? We did a little bit of that in God's Not Dead, not quite as many. And so uh, 
that was really, I almost call this kind of a little bit like the Christian crash, the Oscar film a while ago. They had a bunch of storylines going on there. But whereas that one ended kind of depressing, I think you were going to see the victory of the cross in this movie. And I think ultimately there's some, there's a great thing in this movie. It talks about the tapestry that God weaves. And sometimes we look at that tapestry from the backside as believers and it looks like a jumble and a mess. But ultimately, when we get to heaven, we're going to come around the other side of that tapestry and really see the beauty that God weaved together and the single thread that ties that all together is the cross. And that is probably the greatest, uh, I would say, analogy for this movie. And and that's actually in the movie as well, as you really see God's genius and handiwork as, as things that we may see here on earth, like, why would God do that or what, what? possibly does this how does this work into his plan you kind of see that played out and almost kind of get what i would call a god's eye view of how he's weaving all this together you know it's interesting uh i heard a recent interview with billy graham and he said the most important message in the entire bible is that of the cross yes and that defines everything that he's done so you know michael as we as we wrap up here what you've done, you and your partners, and taking God's calling, you've created uh, not not just movies, but really you've used your life to impact tens and thousands and millions of people. What what advice would you give to people that are listening, that are in a leadership role, that just have this heart to do more with their life, and, and how to just start taking small steps forward toward that like you did, started to 10 years ago? I think that especially people of influence, you know, you can get caught up in everything that's going on around you, in your businesses or whatever it may be, and you can lose sight so quickly of truly why we're all here because of God and what Jesus did. And, and the important message of that is because that's eternal. The rest of this is temporary. And so I'd say, you know, sometimes we're always saying, oh, well, how can I impact the kingdom? You know, do something great, you know, this and thing. You know what? I don't think we can do the greatest things until we take small steps, like you said. And so that may be for us, even as people of, of, that are listening to that have great influence, that may be doing something as simple as coming to a movie like this with a friend that's lost or a friend that's struggling. Or that may be just getting involved in your church. I think we have to take those small steps before we can take those giant leaps. And then also that journey becomes much more exciting because you're actually walking down it, not just talking about it. Well, it's like you talked about back in 2008, that low point was because you were trying to just grab on to the big, flashy, showy deals and partnerships and relationships. And uh, that's actually, you know, having that mindset is actually what what had what forced you to take a step backwards, didn't it? Absolutely. It's absolutely true. And so I couldn't agree more. So when the movie comes out, I really encourage people to to bring a friend. We did that with God's Not Dead, and it was just a powerful experience for everybody that saw it. So Michael, thank you so much for just the yeah. incredible work you're doing. And uh, is there anything we can do to to help you out and promote this, yeah. get the word out? I'd absolutely. Um, since there's a lot of leaders on listening to this podcast and people of influence, one of the things I'd encourage you to do is stop by the film's website, doyoubelieve.com. Right across the top there, it says, bring this movie to your city. If you click on that, it'll take you to a uh, page where you can sign up and do get your church involved or buy group tickets to be able to basically get your church or your community or whoever it is 
um, involved in this movie, whether you're a business person, you could buy tickets and give them out to people to say, hey, come, let's go on March 20th when this opens and see this film. So please stop by the website. Check out the trailers on there as well, doyoubelieve.com, and it's coming March 20th nationwide to theaters. Uh, fantastic. And we'll have a link to all this in the blog post for the show at eternalleadership.com. And just search Do You Believe or just uh, search for uh, Michael's name, Michael Scott, and that'll come up. And we'll have all the notes and links for that so everybody can get involved. So, uh, Michael, thank you so much for your time today. That was just wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, John. The film is Do You Believe? And it's currently out in theaters. As John said, we'll have links in our show notes, eternalleadership.com slash 033. That's eternalleadership.com slash 033. And as I said at the top, both John and his wife Donna have said that this is the best movie they've seen in years. Because it's been out for a couple weeks now, if you haven't seen it, now would be a great time to see it to give it that little extra boost. And if you have seen it, Maybe go see it again or get some people to go see it. Special thanks to everyone that has liked us on Facebook, favorited our tweets, retweeted us, joined us in our private LinkedIn group, told people about what we're doing, given feedback, all of that. Thank you. Seriously, thank you. Next time on Eternal Leadership, former CEO of Aveda, Marilyn Tam. A lot of the Fortune 100 leaders I've, I've coached and worked with have hard times with what other people might think is a fabulous life. And it's because they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And when we have a purpose, when we have a bigger reason for being, we can endure, we can overcome challenges that other people who may not have that understanding, that belief would crumble under. Marilyn tells her gripping story of overcoming abuse and neglect in Hong Kong and how God reached out to pull her to a life of impact and success here in the U.S. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership. Eternal Leadership.